Welcome to the Journey Insider Podcast. I'm Aaron Porham, the Associate Pastor here at Journey Church. And with me, as always, is Jeremy Phillips. Jeremy? I'm here. So if you've never listened to a Journey Insider Podcast before, we like to just take some time and highlight uh, different areas at Journey Church, different things that are going on, um, and kind of give you an inside look at what's happening at Journey Church because there's a lot of great stuff happening here. So I think it's um, good for you to know. So today we are um, welcoming Pastor Sean Phillips with us today. And I'm back. Glad to be back. So what we're doing today is we're talking about youth ministry. And um, I think each one of us here has uh, years of experience in that area. Um, but let's start off, um, just talk a little bit about what's happening in youth ministry here at Journey with Elevate. Yeah, Journey uh, Elevate Youth Ministry has been just kicking it. I mean, it's just been growing over the last couple of years. And really, I think it's one of those things that kind of stands out. I mean, if you look at uh, youth ministry today, it's it's really, it seems to be a challenge for a lot of people to, or a lot of churches to have a good, strong, healthy youth ministry. And so I'm really proud of what's going on here at Elevate because we'll have, I mean, anywhere from 60 to 90 teenagers on a Wednesday night, they transform the auditorium. They have their own worship time, their own encounter time, their own um, messages that are just for them. And, and they, they do it all. It's ran by mostly by young adults and teenagers. And uh, so currently we don't have a youth pastor. We've been looking for one. Um, but something really amazing, I think, I was just thinking about this last week, but something really amazing that's been happening as a result of us not having a current youth pastor is we've seen so many people step up into different roles and different challenges and and step up to the plate in ways that maybe they wouldn't have done if they would have had, uh, if there would have been somebody in place. And so we're seeing um, parents being able to speak into teenagers' lives. We're seeing teenagers being able to preach messages and young adults preach messages and filling in that space. And so we could be like accidentally onto something pretty cool here because of uh, what's happening. But uh, just a lot of great stuff happening. It just continues to grow every every week, it seems like. People are inviting their friends. There's an excitement about it. They they go after God. People are coming who, uh, who don't know Jesus and are encountering uh, Jesus through the, the services and through the people. And so that's kind of what's been going on. It's pretty, pretty cool. I know we're kind of going up against conventional wisdom here a little bit, or at least uh, what you might consider the typical church model, because we're we have a youth group that is healthy and growing and no um, formal, I guess, youth pastor that's actually um, manning the ship. And so I, I know you just kind of mentioned some of our leaders and things like that, but talk a little bit about why, I mean, because you were a youth pastor for years, why, how can this be working this way? How it, it, conventional wisdom would say this can't work. So how are we making this work? Well, I mean, I think that it goes back to just empowering leaders. And sometimes you empower leaders because you want to, and sometimes you empower leaders out of necessity. And I think we kind of started empowering leaders out of necessity, and now we started to, to see the benefit goes beyond just necessity, and it's really causing people to step up, and we're seeing people step into their gifts. So I was uh, I was a youth pastor for several years. In fact, I was, uh, I mean, as a, as a young teenager, I just felt like I was going to be a youth pastor all my life. 
And so that was my, that was on my radar. That was what I was all about. Became a youth pastor of a really large church. And we would have hundreds of teenagers every single week and do big events where there'd be like a, a thousand teenagers at the big event. And so we kind of had a certain way that we did youth ministry and it, and it really looked like, I mean, it was like a microcosm of a, a church, you know, I mean, so you had a pastor, you had all these different things going on. And so when we started Journey uh, and Elevate, it was, it was really different um, to go in when you have, like, we literally had two kids and we had, my son was one of them and then uh, another kid. And so we just started with a small group. And I mean, like as small a group as you can call it. And so we started there and, and year after year, just, you know, just added a little bit more and then it eventually turned into somebody's house. And then eventually we brought it on site to the church and then trying to transition something from a group feel to more of a service feel. And so just little by little adding worship into there, um, little by little, it just began to kind of take on uh, maturity and growth and life. And, and like I say, some of it was out of necessity because I, I have the experience and you guys have experience too, but I, it kind of fell on my lap to kind of give it some fuel and some direction. And, and honestly, with the church growing so fast, a lot of my dire- uh, energy and direction and vision has been focused overall. And so I've been able to, I, I really had to take a handful of people and young adults and really just say, you guys are going to have to run with this and to watch them step up to the plate and to watch them, I mean, to give them fuel to, to run with, uh, they really step up to the plate. They've really made it their own. They've really been able to take the vision and to run with it. And so uh, we see that. We see young adults. We see parents. In fact, I just had a parent last Wednesday come up to me and say, hey, I, I'd really, I have something I feel like God is wanting me to share. And and it felt like it was a confirmation in my heart too. And so uh, we're putting parents up in front of them and the teenagers, they're not, they're not pushing back on that. They're welcoming that. And so uh, there's just a hunger for God. And I think just a willingness to serve a hunger for God makes all that, that work. So I think it's also cool how, um, in addition to, I mean, we've, we've got a great Wednesday night service. I mean, uh, on all accounts, you know, uh, the flow, the feel of it as if you're walking in there and you're a teenager, it's a cool place to be, but there's also depth. Uh, there's also encounter with, uh, God, uh, there's lives that are being changed, but beyond the Wednesday night service, I think it's so cool that, uh, we've got these groups going too. I mean, I know, um, they, they split off. There's like, uh, guys, uh, real life groups, mm-hmm. there's girls, real life groups. And I know one of the girls, real life groups actually uses our house to meet. And so there've been a few times that my wife and I've been home. And I mean, we've walked through our house and there are girls just like knelt down on the floor praying. There's, there's girls praying for each other. There's time, there's like intense times of worship. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, there's no difference here. I mean, this is, if, if this was a, an adult real life group, I would be thinking, man, they are knocking it out of the park. Yeah. They're doing better than, than probably a lot of adult real right. life groups. Right. Uh, but I would see that, that same thing. I'd, I'd host some guys groups from time to time at my house and I'd look out the window and they'd, they'd have some sort of bonfire out there and they're a bunch of teenage guys just, uh, just sitting around a bonfire, worshiping God with everything that's in them. And, and th- it's just being led by young people. And so, uh, I just think it's an awesome thing. There's a, they've got kind of, I mean, you always know when something's healthy, when people want to be around each other outside of the scheduled events and they want to create their own events that are centered around not just fun things, but God things. And so we're seeing a lot of that. And so that's really, really exciting to see. 
So I know you mentioned um, just a, a few minutes ago about how um, really each one of us here have a history in youth ministry. And um, I thought it would be uh, interesting for people to just hear some stories and things that have happened along the way. Uh, because if, and you know, if you've never been involved in youth ministry, there's, it's almost hard to explain what it's like. Uh, it's something completely unique. It's not like you can't pick any other area where you serve or where you get involved and say, oh, it's like that. It's really its own thing. And so, um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Jeremy, have you got any, Jeremy was actually a youth pastor for, for years as well. Jeremy was a youth pastor. He was a worship leader. He was a tech guy. He was like done almost everything. (laughs) (laughs) The jack of all trades. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a youth pastor for quite a few years. Um, part of that was in kind of close to here in Cameron. And one of the weird things was that when I interviewed, um, for one of my youth pastor positions, I go in and and the youth ministry at that time was, um, pretty small. And so I was supposed to preach that night. And so I was, you know, kind of waiting for my turn to speak and they were doing a little bit of worship. Then the guy who was leading the youth ministry told the joke of the week. And so that was interesting. (laughs) And it was kind of like, you know, reading off the piece of paper that he printed off the internet, which was a lot different back then, by the way. And so then they decided to play this game and they decided to tape two kids to the wall, duct tape them. (laughs) This is youth ministry right here. If you want to know, that's like the entrance. So you got these two kids and they're duct taped to the wall and they're not falling down. Like the goal was to see who would fall down first. So wait a minute, this is your interview? This is this is like the first night. This is your basically my interview. I'm supposed to go (laughs) preach, and this is the first my first experience with this youth ministry. And so they're just waiting for these people to fall off. And kids are playing cards. This is not like a great, you know, explanation of what youth ministry is. This is just what was happening. And so there's these kids playing cards, waiting for this. And then they finally, the kids weren't falling off. So they said, well, here's Jeremy. And so I have to go up and preach while these kids are duct taped to the wall. And so I get about five minutes in and I look over and the kids are turning purple and different colors. And I'm like, cut <laughs> them down. We have liability waivers. Right. Cut them off. And so they cut them down. And, but it's just, you know, basically after that point, I did get the job and it ended up becoming where we ended up having like 130 kids on a Wednesday night in a church of about 200. And so like things turned around, but um, without direction, things can go off base pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, so. that's true. Yeah, I I can think back to um, Sean when you were youth pastor, of course. So I was over, you know, during that same period of time, I was over the music and the worship for that same youth group. So, you know, we both served and worked together in that same area. And that uh, youth group youth ministry, youth church, whatever you want to label it as, it grew really quickly. And so there there are interesting things that happen when something grows quickly and you're trying to uh, understand, you know, what should change, what should stay the same, how do we um, accommodate this growth and all of that. So anyway, here's, here's a funny thing that happened one time. We as the as the the youth group was smaller in our you know music time worship time 
there would be a transition coming out of worship, going into, you know, the, the message or the announcements or a game or whatever was going to happen. And sometimes, not a lot, but sometimes we would have special music. Oh, yeah. And oh, I so, know where you're going with so this So the one. special music, <laughs> yeah. So the special music was like a throwback to like smaller church, right? I mean, you don't, you don't, and, and this was your responsibility. I just want to make this clear right. to, 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 to right. be in charge of this area. It was, it was in my, in my, it's on your job description, which yeah. wasn't written down. It was just a really low priority compared to everything <laughs> else that was going on this particular week. And so what had happened was, um, and, and I'll say this too. So our, our, the youth pastor that was, uh, um, you know, in charge before you took over, he was kind of our youth pastor as we were coming up in youth ministry. And so he kind of was the one that trained us and discipled us and uh, set us on the path that we were on. And, and one of the things that he really instilled in us was how important it was to get teenagers involved, to get them participating, mm-hmm. you know. And um, uh, I don't know if I should say this part or not. Say it. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was really um, adamant about even getting teenagers up on stage um, involved in the worship team. So that was my area, you know, it was the worship team. And sometimes we would have people that were really skilled and really talented. And then sometimes we would have people up there that weren't as skilled and talented, but they were up there because of how important it was to have uh, teenagers involved because mm-hmm. he understood that if you're coming in there, you're a teenager and you see other teenagers up there worshiping God, that's going to be a part of what motivates you to worship God. So anyway, that was a value that was high for us. So this, uh, there was a, a girl that approached me um, before service uh, on a Wednesday night and she's like, I have a song I want to do. Um, and she told me the name of the song and I said, well, I, we don't have time to, to go over that tonight, but if you'll bring me the song next week, then we can go through it before service and, and see if it's okay to do that night. Okay, so you fast forward to the next week, and it was crazy. I mean, that, that Wednesday night was crazy. Nothing was working right. All of the tech stuff was failing. The lights weren't working. The video wasn't working. Um... And it was just, I was dealing with, I was putting out like three or four different fires at once. And here comes this girl with her tape, right? Cassette tape. You guys remember cassette tapes, right? Like a sing-along tape. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So yeah. I I mean, if you've never, (laughs) this, just the idea of this is funny. Well, you know, other churches may still do this. They may still do this. haven't done this forever. So, so you could buy these cassette tapes that were background tracks and it was this song that you wanted to sing minus the singing. So it, it was like the band, right? And then you could, so you could play take the your tape. like your Sandy Patty tape and yeah, you know, right, or a Carmen song, yeah. or yeah, <laughs> yeah, Don Francisco or something. Oh, gosh. And so, um, so she brought me this tape, and I just looked at it, and it said, I think it was actually like, was like how great thou art, how great thou art. And, and the whole time I'm like, this, this isn't going to work. This is, I mean, this isn't the type of sing, the singing we do. That's the type of song we would do. I, you know, I've never heard this girl sing every single reason to not do this. Was, All the warning lights, every the check engine lights were going off. 
And, but at that point, my brain was 100% committed to all these other fires that were going on. So she handed me the tape. I was like, okay, great. We'll just, we don't have time to go through it. We'll just go, we'll just, we'll just do it. And so I go up and I give it to the sound man and then we start the service. We do worship and worship's over and I leave and I go up to the sound booth and she gets on the stage and we push play on the cassette tape and it starts off and it says, ladies and gentlemen, Elvis Presley. And so, yeah, that's what it was. It, it wasn't a background tape. No, he was singing along with it and she was singing, let's just be honest, really horribly along with him. It's painful. <laughs> I I hid under the sound booth. No, he he was wow, literally. That. I was. I mean, I'm I'm looking for Aaron at that point, and he's gone. He's just curled yeah. up in a ball underneath the sound booth at that point. So, <laughs> but I mean, we had crazy things like that happen. <laughs> I mean, on a fairly regular basis. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just sitting here trying to think of like some of my favorite stories. I have so many stories, too many stories, really to to mention, but. One of the things that I loved about youth ministry back in the day, if we're going back there, was just how, I mean, just seeing so many teenagers come to Christ. I mean, we saw uh, this one year in particular, I think it was almost 1,200 teenagers that came uh, to know Jesus that year, at least responded to an altar call. And so we would see 30 or 40 teenagers come every single uh, week and respond to that altar call and, and to our big events and stuff. And and so we would we would bus kids in. I think we had ten different buses at different points uh, at, at one time that would drive people in from the surrounding uh, towns and and different schools. And we'd just pull up to a school with the bus and just I mean seventy kids would get on and they would come in with all of their problems and all of their their stuff. And it was you know it was a huge outreach opportunity. And so. Um, when we first started Elevate here, it was, it was a lot of kids who had really, you know, a lot of them were homeschooled or, or going to Christian school and stuff. And so it was really hard for them to kind of break out of that. Now we're seeing a lot more uh, as the youth ministry has grown to be able to, uh, you know, people coming from public school or different environments and stuff. And so we're seeing a lot more outreach potential in that. And so that's really what's exciting to me is to see that the potential of, of what's happening there. And I love to see um, teenagers that get on fire for God and then to walk forward with them and just be able to see and even be a part of their journey from there. You mm -hmm. know, because I mean, we can think of people, I'm Jeremy too, I mean, where, uh, you know, I knew them as a teenager, you know, I knew them in that youth ministry and now they're serving God. Now they're changing lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we have people who even uh, have connected back with our church because they were in the youth ministry and they, you know, it, it, they came back and reconnected and stuff. And so we're seeing, I mean, it's, it's cool to hear those stories and to, to know that there's fruit that comes with that. And that especially like through the teenage years, I mean, you're sowing seeds like crazy. I mean, I've seen so many people who, you know, you, you hear all the stuff about how people will go away from church during their college years. And, we, you know, you see some of that. But I believe the seeds that are planted in those teenage years are uh, some that are planted on good soil. And they're going to going to produce a harvest one day. And so that's why we keep planting the seeds. What I love about teenagers is that they, I mean, some people are intimidated by teenagers, intimidated to preach to them or intimidated to be around them. 
Um, I, I had one person one time, well, several people have, have said this before, but back when I was a youth pastor, they were like, how can you be around so many teenagers? They're just kind of crazy and you're just unpredictable. And I'm like, how can you not be around them? Because I just love the energy and, and they just pretty much shoot straight to you. And, and so that's what I love about it. If they're, if they're on fire for God, they're on fire for God. If they're not, they're going to stand there with their arms folded. And so you kind of get what you get. And, and for those people who are wondering, man, could I ever be involved in that? Or maybe you're feeling a calling to that, but you don't feel like you, you really fit that. Uh, something I heard a long time ago has stuck with me and really changed the way that I interacted with people. And it was this, that teenagers don't want somebody to be like them. They want somebody they can be like. And so that really helped change the way that I approached interacting with teenagers and the way, and I, and I tell that to our youth leaders today, it's like, you don't have to be like them. You just have to be somebody they want to be like. And so that example that you can set forth by just being you, being authentic, being real is so key and it's so important. So that's why I love seeing different people will, will come in and even though we're, this is being recorded on a Wednesday. So Tonight, well, I'll come in to, to elevate and I'll see uh, some older adults who are just there serving. And what I, I love, and I, I saw it last week, I saw them just interacting with teenagers just as themselves and as father figures. And, and so that's, that's what's so cool about it is, is there's, a, uh, there, there's a, such a need for father figures, for mother figures, for examples in our culture today. And so that's what we get to present to these teenagers. And it's so awesome to see. So if someone is interested in um, looking into that and getting involved, what would be the first step? Well, I think, you know, number one, if you haven't done Discover the Journey, you need to do Discover the Journey. And you can go to journeykc.com slash discover and find out when the next ones are coming up. And that'll, you know, talk about how you get involved on Team Journey. And any serving position in Journey is part of Team Journey. And so that's kind of the first step. And if you um, have already done that, then um, you can... Just contact us, uh, contact me, Jeremy, uh, at jeremy at journeykc.com, and I can take you through the steps. And then you'll probably come to, uh, you'll be sent over to uh, one of our youth leaders or to possibly, it could even kick back to me, which then I would I would hook you up with a, a certain area of ministry. We would You could come and check out a service or come check out different things, and then we would see where there's a best fit. Again, just like in all of our ministries, um, just because there's a desire doesn't mean that it's necessarily a fit. So we want to make sure that it's a fit for you. It's a fit for the teenagers as well. Uh, and that we put you in the right spot to be fruitful. But I can just tell you from experience um, that teenagers are so fun to be around. They, they are, um, I mean, there's a great opportunity to be able to uh, plant seeds in people's lives. And so uh, if you feel any call to that or any interest in that, I, I encourage you to, to get involved. Okay, so um, to wrap this up today, I want to um, kind of play us out um, with a clip from the youth ministry of yesterday from like, this is probably 16 years ago, and I just want to play this clip as we wrap this up today and um, just tune in next time for Journey Insider. If you like this podcast, if you enjoy tuning in, listening to Journey Insider, uh, subscribe and let us get you new episodes as they come out. We want to get you an inside look into what's happening at Journey Church. Did you know that your soul, that your heart cries out for something? Your soul is longing for something. And you're searching and you're trying to fill it up. 
But there's not salvation. You can't find that satisfaction. You can't fill that up with any other thing. You can't fill that up with a great job. You can't fill that up with sports. You can't fill that up with a guy or a girl. You can't fill it up with any other thing. Because as some people put it, your heart has a God-shaped void on the inside of it. That's something that only God can fill. And God did fill it, or gave you the opportunity to fill it. How? Because he sent his son Jesus to this earth. He died on a cross. He took all of our sin upon himself. And died and was buried. But he didn't want other thing. He did something else. He rose from the dead. And by that, he conquered sin. He conquered death. Because what is sin? What is sin in your life? It's just death. It's things that die. And every time you try to fill it up, you try to do all these things that you think are going to satisfy, what is it doing? It's killing you on the inside. And so I bring to you the answer tonight, the only way that you can fill that up, the only way you can be satisfied, the only way that you can get to heaven, the only way you can really be saved from this world is by filling that up with Jesus. I want everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes tonight. Focus on your own heart tonight. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Sean,